Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and happy Monday. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. And today we are in Judges chapter 16, verses 6 through 16. Easy to remember because it's all sixes. <laughs> but before we begin today, what have you guys done over the weekend? We, uh, I, I'm looking outside right now and I just see nothing but yellow leaves on the trees with some red leaves and orange leaves mixed in there. So the trees are all pretty much uh, ready to hibernate for the winter, whereas last week at uh, the beginning... There was still a lot of green on the trees. And I mean, the trees were already starting to change. But yeah, I see nothing but pretty much colored leaves at this point. And fall is always a really busy time for my husband and I because um, we have tons of trees. And so as, as beautiful as it is, it's also a lot of work because we have to sweep up all the leaves. we got to make sure they don't go into the gutters and into the drains and wherever else. So there's always a lot of work to do during the fall for us. But it's a very beautiful time, I think, to go outside and enjoy some hard work of leaf blowing and (laughs) picking up sticks and whatever else we have to do. So contact me or comment on this episode what you guys like to do during fall or what chores you have to complete before winter arrives. But anyway, go ahead and pause the podcast for a moment to go grab your Bible and also your cup of seven weeks coffee. Use code OHIO for 10% off your purchase at 7 Weeks Coffee. And don't forget that they are helping Ohioans right now and trying to spread the word to vote no on issue one in Ohio. So anyway, use code OHIO for 10% off your purchase at 7 Weeks Coffee. Link in the description. Or grab your cup of tea this morning. (laughs) Unfortunately, I still don't have a a tea sponsor. I'm still looking into some places um, where I can find a a good tea sponsor for you guys. But either way, grab the hot beverage of your choice this morning. And let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 16, verses 6 through 16 out of the version that you prefer. But I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and what you might be bound with to afflict you. Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven green cords that were never dried then I shall become weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green cords that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had an ambush waiting in the inner room. She said to him, The Philistines are on you, Samson. He broke the cords as a flax thread is broken when it touches the fire, so his strength was not known. Delilah said to Samson, Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me how you might be bound. He said to her, If they only bind me with new ropes, which no work has been done, then I shall become weak and be as another man. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are on you, Samson. The ambush was waiting in the inner room. He broke them off his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me with what you might be bound. He said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my head with the fabric on the loom. She fastened it with the pin and said to him, The Philistines are on you, Samson. He awakened out of his sleep and plucked away the pin of the beam and the fabric. She said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. When she pressed him daily with her words and urged him, his soul was troubled 
to death. Have you ever met a person where they are doing something that is just so obviously bad for them or just so obviously blatantly stupid and yet they keep doing it without caring? That's basically what Samson is doing here with Delilah. Now, there is some debate whether or not Delilah and Samson were married at this point in time. But personally, I do not think they were married because it does not mention that Delilah was Samson's wife, firstly. And secondly, it just doesn't really seem like they're married because this sort of, I mean, the story kind of implies that this is Delilah's home that she lives in. And Samson is just kind of over at her home all the time, like sleeping over. So it almost seems more like Delilah and Samson were just living together. And that was the situation. Now, of course, this was unlawful, according to God. And according to the Old Testament, two people were not supposed to live with each other without being married. And so this is another way that Samson is kind of breaking this this vow of the Nazarite, of being set apart, of being holy, of being different than the other nations. And I'm sure the other nations lived with each other all the time. But the Israelites were not supposed to do that. And so a Nazarite man was supposed to keep his vows. He was supposed to keep the Old Testament law very perfectly. And this is another way that uh, Samson is, is living in sin with this woman, Delilah. Now, I mentioned on the podcast on Friday that Delilah's name actually means darkness. It's a Hebrew name. And Samson's name actually means sunlight. So it's, it's kind of ironic that... Delilah means darkness. And you can see that this woman here, she has a lot of darkness in her heart. She does not have any love for Samson at all in her heart. All of her love is for that money that the Philistines offered her. Because if Delilah went through with this plan of helping the Philistines to capture Samson, Delilah would be a very rich woman. It actually mentions in verse 5, that the Philistines came to her and said to her, entice him and see in which his great strength lies and how we can prevail against him, that we may bind him and afflict him. And we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So who knows how many lords of the Philistines there were, but each of them giving Delilah 1,100 pieces of silver like that, that's a lot of money for Delilah to do this thing against Samson. Now, if she truly loves Samson, you can imagine that she'd be like, um, no, I'm not doing that. And even if they were like, well, you better do it or we'll burn your house down with fire, as the Philistines were known to do to anybody who didn't go along with their plans, she could have just told Samson. Like, if she really loved Samson, she'd be like, hey, you know, the Philistines came up to me and were like, hey, I'm going to burn you with fire if you don't do what I'm telling you to do. And Samson probably would have gone and burned them with fire, knowing... (laughs) knowing how Samson was. But Delilah, she didn't care about any of that. And she didn't need to be coerced like that or threatened like that. She was just like, yeah, I mean, give me the money, man. I'll I'll take the money and totally betray my uh, lover here to you guys. It says that she begins to press him about where his strength lies. It says in verse six, Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and what you might be bound with to afflict you. Now, first and foremost, this is a pretty weird question for your girlfriend or boyfriend to ask you. Can't really imagine it in the same way, but if your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend came up to you and was like, hey, how can I torture you the best way? Wouldn't you be like, um, 
This is a weird question, man. <laughs> but Samson, he's just, he, he never took anything seriously. Like, if you look at him, he didn't take anything seriously. And he had a lot of arrogance and a lot of pride in his own strength. And we see that throughout um, much of his life and much of what we talked about already. So he had this almost like immortal feeling pride where he really thought nothing could touch him. But he starts playing games with Delilah. He's not going to tell her because I think he, in his heart, at least a little bit, knows that Delilah is no good. But he likes her because, I don't know, maybe she's attractive to him. He clearly falls in love with, with terrible people. But he starts playing games with her. And so he's like, well, you know, if you bind my hands with seven green cords that were never dried, then I shall become weak as any other man. I kind of think of that as like new vines, you know, like vines that are still green. And obviously, like when you dry the vines, you can like weave them into baskets and stuff. So this would have been a pretty common household object that Samson is talking about back in these days anyway, because I'm sure people basket weaved all the time. And so the seven green vines, you're not supposed to weave baskets with them because they are too wet still. And if you weave with them, like the, the basket will shrink over time and it'll just kind of ruin the basket. So you're supposed to dry them out first. And so he says like, hey, you know, if you take the the vines that are still green that haven't been dried out yet and you tie them around my, my wrists, then I will become like any other man. My strength will just vanish. And he's just playing games with her. He's just teasing her. He doesn't really care all that much. He doesn't even think that this is a weird question, you know, for Delilah to ask him either. He's just kind of like, oh, whatever. So anyway, she does exactly that. The second she gets a chance to do this, she does it. And it kind of seems like she was waiting for him to fall asleep. I don't know if he was asleep every single time, actually. It doesn't mention that he's asleep every single time. But I would assume that he is. So anyway, she probably waits for him to fall asleep and then she binds him with the seven green cords. Now, this would be very hard for anybody to get out of because these vines are very tough. They have to be kind of tough in order to like use them. And seven of them tied around Samson's arm. So it'd be hard for any normal man to get out of. And Delilah thinks that this is like Samson's kryptonite, right? Because he told her, this is my kryptonite. And so she's like tying these around his, his arms. But after she's done tying them, she wakes him up and she's like, Samson, the Philistines are on you. So she's like, the Philistines are here. They're going to get you. Wake up. And he wakes up. His arms are tied with these green cords and he breaks them. It says he breaks them as though it was a flax thread that had been burned. And his strength was not known. <laughs> so he wakes up immediately and uh, tears the seven green cords off of his arms. And his strength was still there. This was not his kryptonite. And so Delilah cries about it. She's just like, how dare you? How dare you not tell me how I can torture you the right way? <laughs> and not to mention, it also says that there were Philistines waiting in the inner room for Samson to become weak after all of this happened. So Delilah was really going through with this plan. Now, I don't know if Samson knew that these men were like in the other room waiting for him, because I imagine they were hiding and waiting. But man, Samson is just not smart. I mean, like 
I think anybody else in this situation that wasn't as arrogant and didn't have this feeling of immortality probably would be like, this isn't a good situation. Most likely, most likely. But you can just kind of see how how arrogant Samson really is in this story. Well, anyway, Samson breaks the seven cords off. Delilah cries about it. She's like, how dare you? Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now, please tell me how you might be bound. (laughs) And don't forget, you know, Samson had this great strength, greater than anybody we know of in scripture up until this point. And, you know, all of this was from the Holy Spirit. You have to remember that this this great strength that Samson has was from the Holy Spirit. And you can see that anytime Samson does something amazing. It mentions that the Holy Spirit had helped Samson to do that thing. So really, Samson's strength was with the Holy Spirit. So remember that as we move forward into this this story. So Delilah continues to nag Samson and he says to her, If they bind me with new ropes, which no work has been done, then I shall become weak and be as another man. So he's like, oh, well, you know, if you use brand new ropes on me, then that's what's going to cause me to become weak. Brand new ropes. Now, we know that this is not true because we saw Samson being bound with brand new ropes before a couple chapters ago. We saw that when the Israelites brought Samson to the Philistines the first time, they actually bound Samson's arms with two brand new ropes and he broke right out of them. So we know that that's not true already. And Delilah doesn't know that, though, because she didn't really know Samson all that well. And it, and it sounds to me like they barely talked to each other, barely got to know each other because uh, Delilah is kind of a psychopath. So anyway, Delilah brings two brand new ropes, waits for him to fall asleep, ties Samson's arms with them. And she's like, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the ambush was waiting in the inner room and he broke them off of his arms like a thread. (laughs) So Samson, once again, breaks the ropes off of his arms as you would a thread. So Delilah now says, until now, you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me with what you might be bound. So she's just really laying thick the drama on him. And so finally, he says to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head with the fabric on the loom. Now, here's another thing about this that, that's kind of interesting. This is the almost the exact story of what happened with Samson's first wife years ago, like years before this. It's almost the exact same situation where the Philistine woman begged him for the answer to that riddle. She like begged him and begged him for seven whole days. And she's like, please give me the answer to the riddle. And finally, he was he he gave in to her. This is the exact same situation. So Samson is not learning from his mistakes. He's not learning from his past mistakes. And man, I mean, how true is that of the Israelite nation at this point in time, at this point in history? They never learned from their mistakes. They kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. The Israelites constantly went back to other gods, to other idols, and didn't follow and worship Yahweh. They just kept doing the same thing. And paying the consequences for that same thing over and over and over again. And that's exactly what Samson is doing. So we have to be very careful nowadays to learn from our past mistakes. We have to learn from history. We have to learn from past mistakes. And unfortunately, people don't often learn from past mistakes. They keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that's because it requires self-reflection. And don't get me wrong. I mean, self-reflection is very difficult. 
it's very difficult to reflect on oneself. It's easier to stuff everything down and not think about it and not have to address the problem. It's so much easier to do that than to bring it out into the open. Because if you bring something out into the open, something you've been struggling with or something that you have a a problem with, that means that other people are going to know about that firstly, and that is shameful in some ways. And also it requires you to start changing because once you bring that out into the open, that means that you recognize that it's a problem and you have to start changing and change is very difficult. It's very hard to change. It's easy to change like in the short term, but to continue on and do it for a long period of time, that's very difficult. That's why, uh, that's why, you know, New Year's resolutions, they fail all the time because (laughs) it's hard to change like that. You have to really want it deep inside. You have to understand that there's a problem. You have to bring that problem out into the open and then you have to address that problem. And so change is extremely difficult. But if you can get through it and if you can truly change the way that you want to change, everything you went to to get to that changed state is so worth it. It's so worth it, but it's hard to do. And Samson, he didn't want to change. He didn't think that there was anything wrong. And honestly, he had very little consequences up until this point, just as Israel often had very few consequences because God's mercy and God's love was just with them all the time. So anyway, Samson breaks free of the brand new ropes that Delilah puts around his wrists. And she's like, how dare you? I can't believe you're not telling me how I can afflict you and how I can sap away all of your strength. How dare you? So then he plays one more game with her and he's like, you know what? It's my hair. You know, if you put my hair in the loom, which is like an old fashioned weaving thing, I think if you put if you weave my hair into the loom and fasten it with a pin then I will become like any other man. So Samson's getting real close to telling her, actually, because don't forget, a Nazarite wasn't supposed to cut his hair. So Samson would have had probably very, very long hair. And Samson believed that that was where his strength laid, was with his hair. But he gets close to telling her the truth about his hair. And so he falls asleep, and she fastens his hair. It looks like he had seven locks of hair. Because it mentions that twice in this in this chapter is that he had seven locks of hair. So I would imagine that his hair is like braided into seven different pieces is kind of what it sounds like to me. So she weaved the seven locks of his hair into the fabric of the loom. And so she's like, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And they're like hiding in the next room to like try to to kill Samson. He's awakened out of his sleep, it says, and he plucked away the pin of the beam and the fabric. So that means his hair was strong like his hair itself was so strong that he like destroyed the loom with his hair now any other human being would probably have their hair like ripped out of their head if somebody like tried to weave their hair into fabric (laughs) your hair would get like ripped out of your head but samson's hair itself was so strong that he destroyed the loom Oh, that's kind of funny. Well, anyway, Delilah now has had enough. She's like, how dare you? How dare you say that you love me when you won't even tell me how I can torture you? How dare you? 
You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it says, when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him, his soul was troubled to death. So she nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged. And his soul became troubled. It's the exact same story. Samson did not learn from any, any of his past mistakes. He didn't care. And so this story to me is a lesson to us that first and foremost, we need to reflect on our past mistakes as hard as that is. We need to reflect. We need to bring those those past mistakes out into the open. We got to tell somebody that we trust about those mistakes. And that was one of the best things I ever did was when I finally told people that I trusted about what I was struggling with. And when I told my husband, it was the best thing I ever did because it just was off of my chest and it was out in the open. And yeah, it was very embarrassing for me to do that. It was horrifying, actually, for me to finally admit what I had been struggling with for so long. But when I finally did it, it was a relief. And honestly, I thought my husband was going to leave me when I told him what I had done in the past. And he didn't. And that was because God was working in his heart as well during all of that. So even though it is embarrassing to get it out in the open, it is so worth it in the end. And Samson, this is a a great story for us to be reminded that we should be learning from our past mistakes and not making the same mistakes again. And honestly, one of the biggest mistakes we can continue to do is to live a life apart from God, as Samson was doing here. Even though he, he kind of held on to Yahweh, he still was just trying to live like the world. And that's the biggest mistake we can make because God is the giver of life. He gives you life. He gives me life. And he loves us. We are created in his image. So if we are not living a life in relationship with God, that's the biggest mistake we can ever make because that affects our life now here on earth because uh, God is truly the, the one thing in life that brings complete joy, not just happiness, but joy, like true deep joy. And not only that, God is the one who determines what happens to us after we die. So if we don't live in a relationship right now with God and we just continue to do whatever we want to do, that's the biggest mistake we can continually repeat over and over and over again. And unfortunately, it's one of the biggest mistakes people nowadays do make is living a life away from a relationship with God. And that's what we see ends up happening with Samson as well as we continue on with his story. Okay, Faithful Listener, we're going to finish up Samson's story actually on Friday. That's the last we're going to be talking about Samson. And we're going to see how his story ends and what ends up happening to him. So tune in on Wednesday because we'll be talking about where Samson's strength truly lays. And I already told you basically today, it was with the Holy Spirit, but that's not what Samson really thought. And that's another interesting thing as well. We'll get into that on Wednesday. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope to see you tomorrow as well, because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. And we haven't been in the New Testament for a while, because last week I wasn't feeling well and I didn't do any episodes out of the New Testament. So we're back in the New Testament this week, and I'm excited to talk more about Peter and Paul in the New Testament. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. Happy listening and God bless.